Greetings, beautiful divine people. You are here from the heart doctor. Today I'll be speaking on demonizing your partner. We live in a society that the victim always wins. Everyone wants to play hero. No one wants to be the villain. It has to always work out in our favor at all times. Or we throw a fit. And this goes hand in hand when it comes to demonizing your partner, your significant other. And this can even far extend past a romantic relationship. We exhibit hero villain characteristics in almost every one of our relationships. But today I'll be focusing on the romantic aspect of it, of our relationships. I will be presenting three points. The first point is self accountability. Self accountability is something that's very important for our growth. The second point, it will be acknowledgement of our faults. And last but not least, healing our inner child. Now, when it comes to self-accountability, well, first we have to break down terminology, self self accountability to be accountable for anything we have to, we have to be responsible for something for example i'm accountable for my children i'm accountable for me making my funds work i'm accountable to be a saver and to maintain the bills of my own household I'm accountable for my own body, my mind, my spirit, and what comes out of my mouth. Self-accountability. It means that it's my responsibility to take care of certain aspects of me. Self-accountability is so rare because a lot of times we want to play the victim. We want to... We want others to believe that we're the victim. And when it comes to de- demonizing our partners, we never really want ourselves to seem like the villain. I have a secret. Come closer. We're all the villains. We're all villains in our relationships as well as victims. We're the heroes and victims in our relationships. We all are. Because we're human. And being human means we have perfect imperfections. Well, some, what others may call flaws. But the thing is this. We have to embrace all of us in order to become aware of ourselves. Awareness is definitely needed in order to be successful in any and all relationships. And 
we must become accountable for our actions, the things we say, the things we do to others. Because if we're not aware of these things, if we're not really paying attention to these things, then we will actually play the blame game. This this deals with whether or not you whether or not you're current with someone, if you're dating someone, if you're just going on dates, even after a breakup, especially after a breakup, because after a breakup, self accountability is so hard. We we demonize and we paint this evil picture of this person with uh with horns and they was just the worst person in the world. Everything they did was just so horrible. But we never really speak on our part, do we? Being a divorced woman, I actually have ran into men that were separated. And when I was going through my separation stage, not when I was in an emotional, healthy place, and I was open to dating, I found that most guys that I actually went on dates with, they were separated as well. So they would tell me their stories. They would say, my wife did this. My wife did this. This is what happened in the marriage. That's why we're getting a divorce. And as I listened to them, I would simply ask, what did you do? And it would be a long silence like this one. Awkward, right? That's how that's how I was on those dates or those dating situations. And a lot of times we don't want to take accountability for our parts because we want the other person to look like a villain. And again, there's this villain and hero concept that we actually bring along in our everyday lives. We really do. But we must stop doing this, people. The person that you've dated or you're or you're with with right now are not demons. They're not the most horrible person in the world because it was something you liked about them. It was some part of them that you was actually attracted to. And you have to be honest and really <laughs> realize some stuff about you. I'm pretty sure you wasn't the best person. I'm pretty sure. Your breath always was fresh. I'm pretty sure you wasn't always the cleanest person in the world. I'm pretty sure you didn't always put down the toilet seat or wash dishes the right way. I'm pretty sure that you wasn't the, the best saver of money, that you was the best person to be around. Maybe your personality was a little wacky and crazy and loony sometimes. I'm pretty sure you wasn't. We want to paint ourselves as this perfect angel. I just put my all in this relationship and this person just, they was just not clean and they just wasn't the best person to me. They ignored me and I've heard the worst of the worst and I've been on both ends. I've totally tried to demonize my ex-husband, my ex, any or any exes, period. This guy did this. Oh, he, he didn't pick up the phone. This guy did this. I, at some point in time before maturity, I would never say what I did. And I've had to come to a realization myself. And even to this place where I'm happily divorced now, I've just had to come to a place where I'm like, okay, 
Say, what did you do? What did you do wrong? What part did you take in it? And for me, that was so hard, but it took friends. It took people around me to help me realize and recognize that I spoke so negatively of my ex in front of my children. And I didn't realize that that affects them as well. And again, when whenever we speak badly about the people that we we date we've dated or in layman's term baby mom baby daddies or whoever whatever terminology you have for them usually we don't recognize the damage we're doing with our words we really don't words can heal words can cut and harm and hurt and even going just speaking back on what I was saying before with the children, if you have children by anybody and you're no longer with them, even if even if it didn't turn out to be a marriage situation, if it just turned out to be a little uh, relationship without the ring and the papers and everything, and I see a lot of these relationships, they always end up horrible. And Everybody is talking about somebody. Everybody's saying something about somebody. That's totally disrespectful. They start telling the secrets, man. They were stinking. They didn't keep themselves clean. And you know, it's just it's just that we need to stop doing this, people. Like, if someone trusted us with the with their heart and we and our hearts got entangled together, that's what a relationship is. And even if if sex was involved or other things was, was involved that brought you even closer together towards you had a child or children, it had to be something you liked about that person. Even though it was you've changed your mind about them, don't try to make them look bad in front of the children. Because see, one thing I realized is this. Two souls created one child. And if you have multiple children, then it still took two people. It takes two to tangle. So the thing is, speaking badly about your uh, your significant other, your spouse, or your partner, or your ex-partner, it literally is tear- wearing, tearing at the parts that that's in the children. Because again, it's a part of me and my youngest, and it's a part of their dad and the same child. So if I'm turning down, turning him down, saying bad things about him, I'm literally tearing down the parts of him that's in her. And that for me, it hit home for me because I didn't realize this what I was doing. I was changing her opinions about her father, even without doing it directly. It was more indirectly. And children, they carry so much within them. And when you, whenever you entangle or whenever you get with someone and have a child or children, then we need to protect those parts in them, their innocence in them. And we must not allow our emotions, our feelings, and even bitterness that we may have towards the other person. Whether or not we're with them, whether or not we're not together anymore, whatever the situation may be in your particular circumstance, we have to be careful what we do and what we say. The second point is acknowledging your flaws. That goes hand in hand with the first one. It sounds the same, but it's not. Okay? 
Self-accountability is a step. It's like the pre-step to acknowledging your flaws. You have to really go into what you did wrong. You have to really go deep into that thing. Hey, I was jealous. Hey, I was controlling. Hey, I, I, I said things I shouldn't have said. Maybe I should have put more effort into that person. Maybe I should have found out more about them beforehand. Whatever the situation was, we have to actually acknowledge things about ourselves. I admit that in my first marriage that I um I was controlling. I didn't give that man any space. I smothered him literally to death until, you know, so until everything has happened the way it has happened. And I've had to learn and grow from that. And again, one lesson I've learned is that when you get in partnership with anybody, on whatever title, whether you're you have no title, whatever your situation circumstance may be with a particular special person in your life, we must understand and get to a place where we realize that our significant other is not only peace that they've had previous relationships far as they have friendships, they have family members, they have co-workers, they have people that generally make them happy. People that complete them in a, a whole nother way that we can never do. And it's a, it's most definitely a control aspect when it comes to being with this special significant other, because you want to be the only one in that world. You want to, you want to be the only one they're happy with. And I'm sure, I'm pretty sure someone at some point in time have done this. Women and men, your partner may was out, just have this out and about. It could have been a girl's night, a boy's night, whatever. It could have been over a family member's house or just any event that maybe you didn't join them. You didn't go with them and you call them. They was laughing, joking, like, what's so funny? Ain't no funny. Then they had to hide their joy because you wanted you didn't want them to have as as much fun without you. You want to think that they're miserable without you. You're the source of their happiness. You're the source of their peace. And what you're not, we are not. And that's that goes hand in hand with acknowledging your flaws. We have to acknowledge the fact we have that we are not our partners or potential partners only source of joy and laughter and fun or whatever you bring to the relationship or sense of adventure. We're special, but we're not the only thing because God would have never given us people. And also another part of acknowledging is being honest with, like I said, you're part of it. You have to deal with certain things within you that you know that is toxic. And that goes to the final, the last and final point, healing your inner child. And again, you may hear this in this in the new age stuff, but they just put a new name on it. Okay. It's been out just healing it. your inner child is just what they call it. Because it's the characteristics 
of it that I believe is why they call it in the child. And it's just my take on it. Now, in my research and honestly and doing my own self-healing as well as, you know, co-healing with God and just asking God to show me parts of myself, as well as hypnotherapy, regular counseling therapy, and anger management. I've been through all that, yes. And that don't mean I'm screwed up. It means that I just, I've acknowledged where I am. And and it took a, a long time for me to accept that going to therapy and all those different things really helped me, especially hypnotherapy. But healing your inner child is so important. Some may not even know what inner child is. Well, I'll let you know. An inner child is the part of us that have adventure. We're open. We have no fear. We're honest. And even just to give you some visuals, imagine a child is five years old. They're outside playing. And just look at the look on their face. They're giddy. They're joyful. They're jumping over things. They're happy. And even this much. Have you ever seen a child so proud of building something, doing something by themselves? For example, my daughters, they have these like these blocks. And they would actually be in a room and creating things. Like, mommy, I need you to come see this. It's like it's all it's a it's a giddiness. Just like everything they do is such a joy. They make every moment count. And they're not boggled down they're not wait it's it's like things are not weighing them down they have no pressure in life they're actually able to be free they are themselves a child will be themselves even if you don't like it a child will be completely honest like for example my i've gained a little weight my daughter one of my daughters says my belly's like mommy your, your tummy is swishy swish 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 she made the little sound and I laugh because, again, the child in her is still alive because she's still a child. She's seven. And so acknowledging that part of it, I'm like, oh, wow. I laugh because, see, the thing is, the child in me haven't died. It's still alive. So I'm actually able to acknowledge. But me growing up in a world that's that tells you not to feel anything, not to be honest. To, uh, this this world will tell this world will tell you to be somebody else, to act a certain way, to dress a certain way, to put on this whole facade, and it literally sucks the life out of you. S- sucks all the color out of you to where everybody is gray. It's this movie. I I'm trying to remember. Was it Halloween Town? Yeah, it was Halloween Town. It was a episode, it was like uh somebody was trying to suck all the fun out of Halloween Town because everybody was so colorful. And the guy put a spell, made everybody gray, and everybody was doing the same thing. Even when you look at certain super villain movies, you see the villain that the villain usually is born out of pain, birthed out of pain, or some kind of rejection or something. Well, even in Captain Underpants, y'all, I'm going to different movies. If you watch Captain Underpants, it was this um, professor. 
they he had a, he had a really weird name. I can't remember his name right now because it's not coming to my mind. But his name will make people laugh, and people just go hysterical, fall out on the floor. And I don't know why his name's not coming to mind. But in the midst of people laughing and everything like that, he became this supervillain. And his goal and what he lived for was to take laughter out of everything. And any source of joy, he would take it away. And what's funny is Captain Underpants, the principal, was the same way. And he deprived himself of being happy and joyful and being adventurous. Those things is this childlike. Henceforth in a child. So just like that, that's how we are in our relationships. And a lot of times, if our inner child or we, if we're not in a place where we are in a a place where we're actually happy, where we are limitless, where we have no boundaries, where we are actually joyous, we're giddy about the small things. And, and when you see an adult like that, People, other adults will be jealous because, like, why are they so happy? My life sucks, you know. And, again, it's part of adulthood, sadly enough. But as adults, we have to learn how to embrace those those parts of us, those childlike parts of us, to where we can grow from them. And I hope I'm breaking down to where you get it. But... Healing your inner child, it can involve different things. You may not have to go to therapy. You may have to just sit and just have a talk with God and write out those things that you've told yourself as children. Because, again, as children, we have a certain understanding and we have a certain view of the world. If someone did something to us or said something to us, it can follow. It can really follow us into our adulthood. For example, if someone kept calling you ugly and as you grow older, if someone, let's uh, say you're 20 some years old or maybe 30 and someone calls you ugly, you would probably be offended by that. Because that's something you experienced in your childhood and something that would make you tick. I don't like being called ugly. Why? Then you go into the story. Why? Because see, the thing, thing is, that's a part, that's a trauma in your childhood that you haven't dealt with. And we all have PTSDs or traumas that I hate to say we do. We actually do in some form of or not or not. We have some kind of trauma that we haven't dealt with as a child. And so it follows us into our relationships. It follows us into our adulthood. And it affects how we interact with people and it messes up our relationships. So we must get in touch with ourselves, our real selves. And until we do that, we can never heal the inner child. And what we do is, instead of healing our inner child, we get in relationships. We get in relationships expecting this other human, imperfect human, to heal us when they have an inner child that may not be healed as well. So here are two inner, two unhealed inner children coexisting into one place and and lives in an adult body. So literally in our adult body, the childlike forms of us, parts of us 
needs to be free. But we don't allow that to happen. Why, I wonder. And it's probably because of the simple fact that we, we're we not in that place ourselves. But I actually encourage anybody to do a couple of things that can actually help you stop demonizing your partner. Because, see, the thing is, the only reason why we would demonize our partner because we demonize ourselves. We don't deem ourselves to be worthy of certain luxuries of the world, certain beauties, certain things. We neglect that part of ourselves. But we must become, first of all, we must become whole. And we must, first of all, just like the first point, become uh, our own self-accountability buddy. We must acknowledge our flaws. And at the same time, let's heal. That You can't do anything without healing. I mean it. You can't heal. And healing literally requires you to take that scar and reopen it sometimes. Because you need to know what caused that pain. You need to know what, why you where you are right now. And if couples took time to sit down and talk and actually sought out individual counseling, and then come back together as a couple, imagine how many marriages would still be to still be prosperous and healthy. Divorce would not be at an all-time rise. Now, these are just my thoughts. Just give me your thoughts on it, and you may agree, you may disagree. Just send a message to me on this anchor, and just let's go higher, y'all. We, we need to do better. You do better for our children. We got to stop demonizing our partners in front of our children, especially if you're no longer together and you're in a baby mom, baby daddy situation. Please, if you're in the midst of uh, seeking custody of, of the others, if court is involved, we must we must get to a place of healing. Because if we don't, it is. And I'm going to speak a little bit on another aspect of demonizing your partner that maybe some may not realize another part of demonize your partner the reason why it's so bad is because we drag people that have nothing to do with it in how many people have ever broken up they've vented to friends and family now your friends and family don't like like the, your, your partner or in the midst of an argument you've spoken ill about your partner what like the things they're not doing right now your your auntie and your friends are looking at your your spouse or your partner in another way or if you're not with anybody if you just went out if you was dating somebody for a bit if you went out if whatever the woes was of that person you vented to your best friend like i do time from time you bring people in your garden you make them the snake Stop bringing people into your business. When you having problems with your, I mean, when you having a problem with your spouse, whoever you're dealing with, stop bringing other people in it because people are unintentionally, indirectly involved. And then they start to feel a certain way and that energy, and again, that energy will go towards this situation. Let's say, let's say you was arguing and y'all had some issues and you put it on Facebook, you you vent to somebody with it. That person will take your side naturally. If it's your best friend, your best friend will take your side. If that's his boy, his boy will take it, take take his side. 
Here, here go all these people taking sides for something they don't even know what the core of it uh, is. They don't know what the root problems are. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, because of what you told them, now they're involved in your situation. This is part of demonizing. And I actually had a situation where my spiritual sister was telling me about her uh, her now husband her now ex-husband and they were separated at, at that point in time they had two children and it was a wedding and it and again he was getting remarried and she didn't want me to go i'm like well i know that and again i didn't want to go like like me i didn't want to go cuz i didn't want to dishonor her but at the same time you know i knew god was speaking to my heart to go to this wedding I fought tooth and nail. My ex-husband now, um, but then husband, he decided to go with the children. But nobody, nobody went. No family members, no nobody. Because they totally disagreed with how the situation went down, etc. But anyways, and I'm going to the wedding. And I met this beautiful woman. And I didn't know why I was going to the wedding. I just knew that. I need to be at this wedding. And I knew God was telling me, go to his wedding. Well, I met his wife. And, well, she became a friend of mine. And I come to find out my spiritual sister was never really my friend in the first place. She was, it wasn't, we didn't have a steady relationship. It was just a really horrible friendship that we had. But this other young woman, she, Listen, she she really poured out to me and she prayed for me in my situation. And she she was a mouthpiece for me because it was a point in time when I was Facebook friends with my ex and it was like he was saying stuff and he was he was just he was just going saying stuff. I said stuff and I had to grow out of that putting my business on Facebook. So once I stopped putting my business on Facebook he was just going, she was this, 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 this. She was still his friend. She actually was a mouthpiece for me. She spoke up for me. And that meant so much for me. But I'm only saying this because we have to be careful about third parties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Third wheels in our relationship. Please. When you have issues with your partner, go talk to them. Don't talk to anybody else. Don't talk to your mom. Don't talk to your daddy. Because I don't lie, some of these folks are in miserable situations themselves. They're not in a place where they are, they can give any advice to you. So let's just be mindful of that. And demonizing your partner literally is demonizing in the tearing down of your family or your situation. And that's even in dating. If you're dating somebody and they're not doing whatever you do, this a red flag. There are therapists. There, are, there it's ways to it's ways to do this thing. You can journal. You can write that thing down. I mean, there's ways to let go of frustration with a partner, and seek advice from those who are in a better situation. Because the thing is, we seek advice. Or we sought advice from people. We sought advice from people that knows nothing about where you are. They don't have a healthy situation. 
they 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 probably had an on and off relationship with this person and had multiple partners and all this other stuff. If you're going to seek advice from someone concerning your marriage or your relationship or in your dating situation or or whatever your situation is, make sure you're going to people that's qualified to give the proper advice because you listen to people who knows nothing about relationships. Guys, stop going to the uncle that is that has that's just constantly by himself and sleeping around with a young chick, please. Because he may have some wisdom, uh, like far as stuff he's done, but you don't want to be in his footsteps. If someone is currently in a place where you would never want to be, don't listen to any advice they have to say. I'm just saying. But hey, just be mindful of these things and let's grow higher. Let's grow higher. Let's go higher. As we grow into ourselves, let's stop demonizing our partners because demonizing our partners is the same as demonizing ourselves. Until next time. The next, by the way, if I get off, the next episode that you will be hearing will be part two of how to need to control ruins relationships part two. And we get into some stuff, me and Anthony, me and Toastmaster Anthony Dean. So just chime in for that next episode. And let's go higher. I love you. Until next time, the heart doctor.